Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Spotlight with Sandalina. I'm your talk show host, Sandalina Sitar, and today's guest is Faris, who is a South Asian Muslim rapper, full-time data engineer, and unfortunately, also my cousin. It is unfortunate. Thanks for coming on the show, I guess. Thank you for having me. <laughs> are you, are you really that thankful? or? Yeah, 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 not for sure. Okay, okay. It's a vibe. New York's a vibe. Okay, yeah. Not thankful to be here specifically, just just the city. So not with your deal, awesome cousin. No compliments today? Yeah. All right, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. Setup's crazy. <laughs> this is the part where I usually talk about how I met somebody in New York City. Um, but with this guest, we were actually just born into the same family. Our dads are brothers. So Forrest was born and raised in Austin. I've been born and raised in California. And we've had a lot of commonalities being kind of the older siblings in both of our respective nuclear families. The reason that I thought he'd be a really great guest for this show is because he has been pursuing music on the side of his full-time job. And I've seen the way that it's evolved and the way that he's evolved over the past couple of years pursuing this venture. And I've honestly admired him as a younger cousin, which I would never say to his face. I'm not looking at him right now, which helps. Um, but I figured it'd be a good opportunity to just get to know him and get to know his story. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, also my voice is like shot, but we ride. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> well, let's just start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing, namely where you're born and raised, a little bit about your parents, your siblings. I mean, uh... Austin, Texas. Shout out. That's where I was born. Uh, still there, actually. Uh, my dad actually came here for, uh, to go to UT with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's been in Austin. I was born here. My brother was born there. Tell us a little bit more about your parents. So what do they do? What are their sort of oh, yeah. personalities? <laughs> you had to assign like stereotypical the characteristics. Classic. <laughs> my dad works at Dell. Mom's stay at home. Shout out her. Raised yeah. me and my brother. Yeah. We would be even bigger goons if she probably didn't do that so <laughs> my brother he's four years younger than me he is chill I mean just like me obviously I <laughs> raised the kid for sure I still see him as like a baby I don't know if you have that thing with your like yeah, siblings I mean my, bro my brother's like 21 now that's crazy he's like 13 in my head yeah your brother's Next. always gonna be 11 to me <laughs> like that's never gonna change just my brother my two parents and They've all been super supportive of everything. I mean, work, music, yeah, everything in between. So what was their parenting philosophy in raising you? Did they have more of a tight control on you? Were they very liberal? Like I grew up thinking one thing, and then maybe once I grew up and saw other parents, I was wrong, actually. <laughs> they weren't, like, strict or anything. They were, I mean, super chill. Then I think I saw, like, really strict parents. I'm like, oh, my parents are, like, really chill, actually. No, they were super lenient and kind of just let me and my brother, like, make our own decisions and just kind of like sit with whatever consequences those come with which I feel like is the best way to learn like if my parents constantly told me can't do this can't do this can't do this like I'm just gonna do it yeah and then if they kind of just let me like do everything under the sun with no repercussions then I would also just be yeah. unhinged <laughs> I think just knowing your parents I can say for a fact that relative to the average Muslim family they're very very liberal and understanding and it's been really nice to kind of have that support in an aunt and an uncle. My parents, I think, are, are maybe a, a little like more traditional ever so slightly, but I think they're pretty liberal too. And I think that's why we have so much in common as yeah. cousins, because we both were very lucky to kind of have that upbringing where we were never held down to a certain path or told that we have to be this or we, we have to be that. And I think that's honestly why in our family, like we it's creativity celebrated. I yeah. mean, you know, you're, both of our sets of parents know that we're doing this episode today and they're really excited and, and hyped about this, that, that both of our creative passions are kind of crossing paths at this point in time. And I think it's a beautiful thing and we owe it to our upbringing and our parents. So that's, I think, really, really incredible. What's been your role as an older brother? I know you mentioned you feel like you raised your little brother. <laughs> he takes after you in a lot of ways. Literally one day I just see him as like a 
fetus. Like I literally <laughs> seem like a non-human. Yeah. And then one day he's like going to college and has like a personality and we're like hanging out like friends. Like there was definitely a hard transition into like friendship almost. Like yeah. I mean we were friends of course. Yeah. But uh like one day I felt like I could talk to him about more things. Once he like grew up a little bit, they really just like develop into like actual people. For so long, we kind of box them into this identity as this, you know, this like young kid that runs around and annoys us sometime. And then when they grow up and start having their own likes and dislikes and personalities and, and experiences and they come to you about it, it's, it's, I think, a kind of slap in the face from reality that, you know, this little annoying kid that ran around is actually a full fledged adult and experiencing a lot of things that we just experienced a few years ago. Seeing your own, like, yeah, I went through this a few years ago, now they're going through it is actually the craziest it part It is really it. crazy. Tell me a little bit more about Texas. So as a Californian, yeah. I cannot fathom the state of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I visited a few times, but it, it is it is very similar, I think, to the Bay Area. In a lot of ways, there's a very strong presence of South Asians, which I think it's nice to have that yeah. sort of community. Um, but it is always going to be a little bit different. There's different, like, political affiliations. There's different characters beyond the south asian community that you know when, when i'm in austin i'm always a little bit surprised when i when i see some of the figures it's just very different than where i grew up but tell me a little bit about about that i mean politically texas is obviously uh one of a kind maybe <laughs> <laughs> especially yes. compared to like a california yeah um but luckily austin is super like diverse and just like friendly and yeah. like i don't know i like you walk around austin and like the vibes are very like People are hanging out outdoors. Everyone's like yeah. kind of typical, like smiling, cheering. People are playing in parks. Uh, some of the other like cities, I mean, there's a lot of like rural areas, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like the the major cities are, are pretty, they kind of remind me, I mean, obviously not like the extent of like the Bay or like the Cali, sure. the Cali cities, which are like huge like yeah. centers like for the world, really like LA is like known worldwide, right. San Francisco, but I think it's also kind of like developing into yeah. in that direction, yeah. especially like Austin, Dallas and Houston. Houston's like huge, too, especially for music. What were your dreams as a kid? <laughs> what kind of personality type did you fit when you were in your young, say, like middle school, elementary school days? I was definitely very class clownish. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Um, but in terms of dreams, I feel like I just wanted to be like a basketball player or something. Just like every other kid, every other brown kid, just like <laughs> want to be an athlete. And I got to like middle school high school and i was like oh there's like actually people who are like really good at sports out here <laughs> i remember when we were younger you kind of had like the justin bieber haircut for a good amount of your childhood I did. okay like the bowl cut. Let, let's talk let about that let me stop you right there <laughs> let me stop you right there i honestly had the haircut i think before justin bieber okay like if you really think about it <laughs> if we do like a time we get a fact check on that i mean yeah the swoosh it was like, i was like 11 so uh, you would say that you invented justin bieber maybe i mean i wouldn't say that but <laughs> If someone argued it, we get into a debate. That's for sure. <laughs> if you're watching, I still want the feature, Justin. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I know when we were younger, you had a YouTube channel. I think you would make YouTube videos with your friends. I don't know if it was like an iPod or it was some like very archaic device. Um, <laughs> Stone ages. <laughs> I mean, I've always loved being creative. Like the idea of like uploading something to YouTube at that time was like yeah. really cool. Especially like I watched a lot of YouTubers. Oh, like okay. in like skits and like that was kind of like on my alley too like the kinds of jokes they were making yeah. like i mean I, I just thought it was like really cool that people were like doing that and like living out their dreams essentially yeah. so i mean yeah i just started making youtube videos like i mean we literally just had like a family camera so it'd literally be like <laughs> family pictures and then random videos of me <laughs> and my friends like doing the dumbest stuff i kind of grant my foundation of like editing and even just like putting together like creative ideas and planning and stuff like that like i kind of attributed to 
like those days. Yeah, I think it comes out when you're young. Um, and it's really nice that we were born in the time <clears throat> where YouTube and social media was starting to develop. Because I think that, you know, go back a generation, there's probably a lot of suppressed creativity that nobody knows about to this day because they didn't have those yeah. outlets. So I think we're very fortunate. Moving on to kind of your high school days, what was your persona in high school? What character <laughs> were you if you had to place yourself? Yeah, I mean, I had a decent amount of friends. I think I was hanging out a lot. Um, pretty tight-knit friend group, though, like five, six guys. And we were making YouTube videos, and we yeah. were, like, doing everything. And they got me to start rapping, which we'll get into and stuff. That's really what it's about, like, finding your people. Yeah. Like, having just, like, making the most out of what is a, a growing experience, for sure. <laughs> Back in high school, one of your friends we used to post on Vine a decent amount, and I think you were involved oh, with yeah. that. So what was your involvement level? Shout like? out the boy will lead. <laughs> <laughs> he had like the similar kind of mindset that we also grew up together. Yeah, actually, back to the other point, like I had friends in high school, but it was kind of interesting because I also had this like group of friends outside of school that I grew up with, like in yeah. the Austin, like like Pakistani, like Muslim community. Right. That like I've also known since like birth, essentially. It was also like I mean, still is like a really special like group of guys and group of friends. Um, and so, yeah, one of the guys, uh, Waleed, had kind of like a similar mindset in that like, you know, just like making stuff is cool and like being yeah. creative and getting your ideas out there. Um, and yeah, that was more during the Vine time, which was goaded era. Yeah. I miss those days. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> really the cycle of all this, I feel like in anything creative is like, you see people you kind of look up to yeah. and you draw inspiration. So like we would watch like, so like he did a lot of like special effects finds and there's like Zach King was like the goat of that. So we'd be like, wow, like yeah. inspired. And so it's the same way. Like I would watch YouTubers be inspired. I listen to rappers. I get inspired. So it's kind of just like that cycle of trying to like be something like that. I think it's incredible because it, you know, it starts in the early days, but look at both of you now. I mean, you're making music and it's, it's, it's gaining traction. I think and he's in Hollywood now um, sure. as an agent, and he's making it big, too. And I think it's incredible that you both started early on. Transitioning a little bit more to college. So tell us about college. Where did you go to school? What did you study? Um, what did you do in your free time? Who were mm. you in college? Damn, who was I in college? <laughs> who am I right now, really? <laughs> I went to University of Texas at Dallas, and I studied computer science. So to be honest, I didn't like hanging out with a lot of computer science people. Right. The major is also like 98% guys, not like the most social guys you've ever met either. Yeah. <laughs> we got to change that. Started rapping kind of like, like me and my friends would just like dumb stuff that every college kid does really just hanging out, just kind of finding <laughs> like what I like to do, honestly, finding yeah. who I like to hang out with. I think it's a good time for exploration and, and just kind of understanding who you are away from home. Because I think up until that point, we're all under our parents' roofs, and it doesn't matter how amazing your parents are, you're always going to kind of be the person you were growing up because you're under that under that sort of environment and watch. And going away from home, it can be scary, but I think you learn a lot about yourself, and it's definitely an adjustment. But I also know in college you were you were a frat guy, actually, for a little bit. Uh, how, was, how was that experience? How is it being when in a frat? you say it like that, it makes it sound like I'm a <laughs> freaking chat out here. No, yeah, I mean, I was in it for like two years. So like most people, okay. like freshmen, they come, and I was like late to the game for sure. Yeah. Fun, I met. I made a lot of friends, made good connections. It was like just enough out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Like there's like a good margin of like out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And that was kind of in that. Like it was still kind of weird and like not in my, I don't know, character. Like I like freshman sophomore year, that wasn't even an idea. Actually, my roommate, he like joined, he pledged, and so I was just like tagging along, honestly. Yeah. 
Greek life is really big and I think it can be kind of the avenue for social interaction, meeting new people. So going on to kind of forming your world view. So you're a Muslim as, as am I. So tell me a little bit more about your involvement um, with the Muslim community and kind of how that influence shaped you growing up. My like religious ties definitely come from like the people I grew up with and yeah. like my parents and my cousins. Like I have a lot of cousins in Pakistan and like right. when when you go there, like it gets instilled a lot more. Yeah, it's different. Um, there. Honestly, I feel like sometimes it comes in waves. Sure. Uh, yeah. I try to be better about that, but <laughs> it's just the reality. How would you describe, I guess, the Muslim community in Austin? Well, I can give you an example. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think in, in the Bay Area, I think like there's a lot of Muslims and, and it, it's great. Um, but sometimes it can be overwhelming because there is kind of a gossip culture with, with aunties sure. and stuff. And, and you know, even Hassan Minhaj talks about this. Like, there's so much fear of Lokia Genge. So okay. go, <laughs> going back to that, um, tell me a little bit more about the dynamics within the Muslim community in Austin. It's honestly probably <laughs> pretty similar. The gossip stuff like that is definitely probably not exclusive to the Bay or anywhere because <laughs> Austin definitely gets gets down with it like that. Like, I mean, it's, I don't know. I feel like maybe every community, like, comes with its little toxicity <laughs> and I mean, that's just like what it is like it, with it. everything that's like good there, there's always going to be like a little bit that's you know and, and it's unfortunate because that probably drives some people away yeah um I'm pretty lucky I feel like I didn't really have any problems yeah no that culture is definitely uh definitely present I think it's kind of unavoidable but one thing I really admire about your parents is that they're very active in the social scene there um, but they managed to, I think, take the positives of it and, and make that kind of your guys' reality. And I think that's a really special thing that they were able to do is keep good people around you because it, it can be difficult. There may be a little bit of leeway given to guys in the community, I think, no, when it comes sure. to like gossip and auntie talk. But when you first started making music, were you ever worried about backlash <laughs> from the community or, or judgment or any sort of, you know, because entertainment space isn't really a common route for a lot of Muslim kids? More than that, I was I was just worried that people were going to think it was like bad. <laughs> <laughs> My main concern, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like whack, cringe yeah. and like embarrassing. Uh, the judgment stuff, I honestly and like, to this day, I, like, almost practice this thing of, like, I can't even, like, think about that. I just, like, almost just trick myself into, like, oh, like, they're not even, no one's even listening. Like, tunnel vision and go forward. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you kind of just have to move that way. Like, yeah. if I constantly think about, like, oh, like, if I'm, like, writing stuff and I'm, like, oh, like, this person's going to, like, hear it. Like, what are these people going to yeah, say? Like, can't. it's definitely going to, like, hinder my creativity, my music, my yeah. everything. And I'd be lying if I said that that thought didn't creep in like every once in a while for sure, sure but like it's inevitable yeah, yeah i try my best to avoid it avoid those thoughts yeah how do you think your spirituality has impacted your kind of moral compass growing up and i also want to point out i think it's interesting that you know kind of the point you mentioned is a lot of kids run away from the community but i think it's really nice because when you have a set of parents that are very liberal and understanding i think it you know it has the opposite effect instead of like your kid taking advantage of that they actually stay closer to home and I think they're yeah. also able to, you know, try try to work on that spirituality aspect, especially in like Ramzan and stuff that comes every year. I think that's a really special time for a lot of us. Um, but, but you know, go going back to the main question, how do you think your spirituality has impacted your moral compass and how does that kind of shape who you are today? Whenever I've talked to my my dad about like religion, like, like he almost like kind of taught me that what's really important is like, I mean, like the belief, the faith and like the principles yeah. of like, because I mean, like in my opinion, None of it really matters if you're not like not a good person, but yeah. you're like practicing those things to me. It's just like counter 
So like, I feel like I try to use it as a guide to like, just being a good person and a gracious person and yeah. like giving to others. And I mean, I trying to be like selfless. I'm not saying uh, <laughs> I'm perfect at all those things but like that. That's sure. the goal, right? Like that's like yeah. uh, the kind of person like you want to be. And like, I feel like I draw a lot of those things from uh, <clears throat> like religion and like spirituality. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So pivoting a little bit more to your music journey, tell us a little bit about what brought you to this path. <laughs> Senior year of high school, <laughs> this is so goofy. There was this app called Rap Chat. Um, okay. And it was basically like on your phone and there were just like beats on it and then you could just rap over it like in your phone. Oh, wow. And me and my friends thought that this was the perfect opportunity to just <laughs> just embarrass and annihilate each other over like diss yeah. track rap songs um I, all in like good fun obviously so like we just like downloaded this app and then we just started like diss track after diss track towards each other <laughs> and like obviously like i was no tupac back then but <laughs> <laughs> but like i felt like honestly like i was kind of a creative writer yeah yeah and like i felt like i had good and like even they would tell me like i'd be like dissing them and they were like damn that was good <laughs> i thought i was decently like witty and i had the punchlines to like formulate like those like bars that i look yeah. like from rappers that i look up to yeah i was able to like copy it at a very 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 low level yeah but like i thought i had enough of a base to where like yeah. i thought like i was like decent enough but like even then like then i went to college and like i honestly didn't like make any movement on that front like i i feel like i was just like absorbing like i'm always listening to music and i was just yeah. constantly like listening to music like watching their interviews like just seeing how they think like to me the rap is like half of it but then i get to like i love like getting to know my favorite artists and like seeing how they yeah. actually think and like how they go about things so like i feel like college i was just like taking all that in <clears throat> and then uh covid hit yeah if you heard <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah i mean i was just uh stuck at home like yeah. all of us and uh, kind of just like, you know, kind of did what you did and just kind of like ordered, <laughs> got the equipment <laughs> <laughs> just like ASAP. I was like, you know what? Like, I want to do some, like, I had a ton of like, I mean, yeah, you don't even have like the free time right now, but I was just like stuck in the house, like, no, yeah. nothing to do. Like, we're all locked in. So, like, you know, what? Like, I literally just ordered like, like, I went on Amazon, like, mic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> USB mic. That's how we all start, yeah. Uh, just recording random stuff, just learning, yeah, learning the process and, uh, just like made a ton of songs put like one or two on like soundcloud and then i just kind of hit go from there yeah it all starts with an idea yeah. maybe you know calling on a feeling you had years ago and just tapping into that when you have the time i think that's the beautiful part about life is a lot of these things kind of come full circle as we grow up and evolve and it's, it's a great thing you mentioned that you would listen to artists and, and people that would inspire and you really appreciated kind of getting to know them and seeing who they are holistically who are some of your musical inspirations i have like the basic answers i mean i J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Drake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super basic, I'm aware. But, I mean, they're up there for a reason. The way they not only are just, like, clever and witty, but, like, can be so, like, vulnerable. And, yeah. like, I mean, I'm I'm not saying I, I haven't tapped into, like, that, like, deep yet. Sure. Like, I definitely draw a lot of, like, oh, like, they can say things about their life and they can, like, explain maybe, like, trauma they've gone through or, like, thoughts that they're going through. And, like, yeah. it's, like, poetic. They can, like put that into the world and like for the world to see and relate to and so i i thought yeah. that was like 
like a beautiful thing. I think you touched on a really beautiful point about how a lot of artists can turn their pain into a beautiful creative outlet um, that people really enjoy. And I, I do find that I'm not a big rap person, but I do listen to your music, obviously. Um, and some of the rappers that you kind of educated me on a few years back. And I, I think what I really appreciate about the rappers that you listen to, and specifically your favorite songs, a lot of them have a much deeper meaning. And they go beyond the realm of like, oh, girls and drugs and partying. It's like there's something really of substance there. And I, I can kind of see the way that's influenced your music because one of the reasons I love your rap is not just because I'm obligated to by DNA, but also because I really like your play on words. I think mm -hmm. you have a lot of wit and double entendres and triple entendres sometimes that are kind of embedded into your lyricism. And it's, it's really impressive because you can tell it's really well thought out. And it, it's not about it's not about money. It's not about girls. It's not about drugs. It's about this, I think there's just kind of this like hunger in you, like this fuel in you. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I can't point to a specific song or lyric, but that's just kind of what I get from listening to your songs altogether. So, I mean, tell us a little bit more about that. Like My main like mantra, honestly, when it comes to this is like every line like should have like an impact. Like my biggest like pet peeve with like rappers or artists is like when I feel like they're just like, it's called like filler lines. Like yeah. they're just like putting in lines just to like, just to like put it in there. Like they're not really like thinking it through, or like thinking it out. And they're just kind of like, yeah. or like what they're just like, oh, what rhymes with this? And just like, like slapping lines together. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely songs where like that works and uh, like vibes where that's maybe like the way to go about it. But I'm very big on like every line should add to the song. Like, if you can see if you can see the line coming, then I don't even like it. Like I don't even want you to see the rhyme coming. I don't want you to see like the direction necessarily. Like nice. I just want it to be like creative and different. And like I want to say something that like uh, like other people maybe like aren't saying in the same exact way as me. Yeah. The wit the wit aspect of it to me is like the fun. That's like the sport of it to me. Mm. Like when I'm like writing, that's like the training of it to me. And I'm like, how good? How clever can I be? How like. How, like how much can I twist these words? How much can I twist these ideas? Like, can I get someone to be like, hold up and go back and listen or pause it yeah, and be yeah, like, wait, yeah. what did he say? Or third, fourth, fifth, listen. They're like, oh, that's yeah. what. So that's my like. That's where I get the. That's where I get the like the fun from. Yeah. My hunger that you also talked on. That's like, I just rap about like what I feel like the reality and like I am hungry. Like I'm, yeah. I'm like very motivated. So like I rap about that a lot because like. The way I see it is like I'm not like <clears throat> and you can probably relate like it's hard to be satisfied until you've gotten to a, like where you want to go, which may not even be a real point. It just may just keep getting pushed. But that's what keeps going. Yeah. What does your creative process typically entails? Like how do you what the ideation and, and process and how, how long does the whole thing take? Do you tell yourself I want to release a song this month so I need to come up with an idea or do you have an idea? And you're like, OK, like I want to work on this and release this ASAP. Like what's kind of I think anytime I'm like starting a new song or like working on a new song, I never really have release in mind. Okay. Because there, I have so many songs that will never come out, or like, oh wow, or like even like half songs, like yeah. ideas. Like the name of this game is really just throwing a ton of stuff at the wall until something sticks. Yeah. Like that's what it's about. So yeah, in terms of my process, that's really what it is. Like just beat after beat after beat. Like, and I'm just like, am I inspired? Am I? Does this like pull something out of me? Yeah. And then I have like a long, long running list of bars in my notes app <laughs> my notes app is a mess um same with my tiktoks i feel so, you yeah 
the drafts. Yeah. Like look through that, and I'm always trying to match the vibe with the like instrumentation, the lyrics. Obviously, like I want it to match. So I'm like I'm sure. hearing beats, and I'm like going through like ideas, like I have song ideas, bars, and I'm like, oh, like can I pull any of these here and like use these here, and then if I can, I'll expand. If not, I'll move on to a new thing. Like you gotta yeah. just keep like moving. Like it's hard to you can't get like too stuck on something or you'll just stay stuck see my mind has never worked in that sort of like witty play on words kind of way <laughs> so seeing somebody that i'm that i'm you know related to and so close to being able to do that it's actually really cool because i'm like wow this is this is a thing this you know you hear artists in hollywood do like you're you're doing that out of your room in austin that's yeah, yeah. crazy obviously this journey you've been on for few years now actually i remember when your first song <coughs> came out presidential i was that was a really i was so shocked i was like who are you i was like what like i didn't know you were doing yeah. this can you describe that feeling when you had your kind of first fan or, or supporter that first moment where it was a complete stranger that was giving you an honest like wow i, I love your music and I, I'm, I'm following what you do and keep doing like do, do you kind of remember that feeling to be totally honest i even got the same feeling when someone would listen to it and like not like hate it but like uh critique it or even feedback on my first couple oh. of songs like i thought it was i was just as honored that people like not not people i knew but like i'll be like oh like you actually cared enough to like listen like to me that's yeah. crazy like to me like indifference is the worst i would rather you just like it or not like it yeah like but you're like in tune still kind of yeah but if you're like indifferent you don't even care like i don't like that because i'm like oh then it's not interesting then to touch on like the uh first fan i mean yeah that feeling it's like euphoric like yeah and you probably like can relate to like the first time someone like you don't know yeah like takes the time to yeah. say something to you about like how you maybe impacted like just made their their day better in anywhere giving you it's any crazy. sort of compliment or praise it's like wow it's like hard to hard to believe like even now still like yeah like anytime anyone says anything it just like blows my mind that these like these songs that i make like have any reach or impact like for anyone to feel like they want to reach out to the person who made it and like give their like appreciation yeah. it's such a surreal feeling i think you know for me i don't know what to expect you know i'm just kind yeah. of putting content out there on tiktok and seeing what kind of sticks it's like you get those dms it's like it's, it's not just words on a screen it's, it's, there's like a whole person behind that whose whose day was impacted in the positive manner in which they're describing to you in your messages and it's not just that it's the fact that they felt it so strongly and they felt compelled to reach out and let you exactly know. yeah like that's cool. i still can't fathom it like not that it's happening every year all the time or anything yeah, yeah. i'm still like pretty small on tiktok but even within that like, it is so mind-boggling that people give you the time of day it, it's so flattering i you mentioned because this is actually something i don't hear often but the critiquing is actually something that flatters you too there's just so much going on like all the time especially like people are doing so many things yeah. like, everyone is so busy yeah. like, if you care then like i'm with it like yeah welcome if yeah. you don't like that's totally fine but like, were there yeah. any kind of milestone moments uh in your music <clears throat> career so far i mean i also want to touch on uh one of your good friends in, in the industry uh i'll be the nomad who i know a lot <sighs> of people listening to this probably listen to his music too um, but tell me a little bit about those milestone moments and those, wow, I can't believe this is happening moments. Shout out that boy, Ubby. Getting to know him was really cool. He's in Austin as well. So okay. uh, that kind of like helped out a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that was definitely like a milestone kind of having his like, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, just having him like kind of show that love and be like, yeah. oh, like almost give me that like push or that confidence like that there is something here. Because that's like really, I feel like with artists, it's just about if there's something there. Yeah. And like, I don't know, maybe it's like cruel, but like, I feel like it's either there or it's not. 
sometimes. No, that's that's how the world works. Yeah. And so like to just have any like, like mentorship. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like that helps. Like just kind of like know that I'm doing the right thing and like I'm on the right path. Uh, milestone moments are also like <clears throat> they're like they can be big, they can be small for me. Like my first open mic, like first show. Yeah. Like first time performing in front of anybody, or like my songs. Yeah. Was like and like perf performing my first song. And, like, not having, like, I mean, obviously, like, not a ton of people are just, like, open mic vibes. And then getting off stage and then getting that, like, approval and, like, yeah. oh, like, oh, you're actually, like, dope. Because you also, like, like, when you get up there <clears throat> and it's, like, in front of strangers, like, I have to prove myself, of course. Like, of course, That's, like, yeah. every, everybody. So, like, to know that, like, I did prove myself and I got that, like, acceptance yeah. almost is, like, a great feeling. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's always a numerical milestones as many streams as many listeners so sure sure the numbers game do you think one of those moments where i realized that you were like really going so i mean i always believed in you to be fair no, no, but no. one of those uh confirmatory points <laughs> i think was w when i saw you working with ubby i was like wait that's actually crazy that that <laughs> happened and when i started seeing your live shows and your performances too the clips of it online i was just shocked i was like oh you're doing like you're really doing this like, you're, you're really immersing yourself into this journey and i think that's a really lovely thing and i also think it's good that you have the support and mentorship of kind of like another, you know, brown boy rapper from the same hometown. For real. <laughs> and I think that's, and I, he's all, he's, you know, I think the fact that he believes in you says a lot. I mean, he mixed your song that came out. Yeah. Well, I'm about to date this episode that came out yesterday. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Stream dance partner. Even that's probably like three songs old now. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit more about <clears throat> the evolution of you through this journey. So walk me yeah. through a little bit about. Yeah those hard moments, those moments where you're scared or you're, you're doubting yourself. Like, like something like this pushes you to be like, kind of like break all walls down. And like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I was never like a shy person or like super introverted or anything, but it's kind of just like crazy to, like even now it still feels like just writing something that maybe a little bit like more personal or like sure. vulnerable or like what it may be perceived however. And just throwing that out into the world in front of everyone yeah. you've ever known. <laughs> went to school with grew up with family <laughs> friends yeah family here family there people i may not know like you've almost like finding out about me through this and then they kind of just like maybe form whatever the opinions they have yeah i kind of just had to like let all of that go like just letting go what people think i think yes huge. huge huge thing because like like i was saying earlier like if you keep that in like the rotation of your mind you're stuck like yeah it's just hard to move past like oh what is this person gonna think like what is this person gonna think but like I think, like, letting go of all that and just kind of being, like I was saying earlier, like, I almost, like, trick myself. Like, I'm all, I'll lie to myself. I'm like, oh, like, it's fine. No one's listening. <laughs> Boom, put it out in the world. And then you just, like, put this thing out there that you work hard, time, money, energy, and it could be praised. It could be ripped apart. It could be, sure. like, you're just, like, throwing it out there, and then it's just up for whatever. Like, yeah. it's, just, like, not even yours anymore. It's just, like, out in the world, and people can do, like, whatever. So overcoming that. I think yeah. it helped me in a lot of other aspects in my life. And also, I think um, just being decisive and just being firm in my decisions. Yeah. Whether they're like, I don't know, wrong or right, how they end up is a different story. But like just having like going with my gut or going with what I believe is right. Um, because, I mean, I used to probably still am a little bit, but like, be, like hard to make like bigger decisions and you just kind of get this like analysis paralysis yeah paradox of choice <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so like this helped me a lot with that for sure okay.
that makes sense. And I, I hear you, the whole subjecting yourself to the public's opinion. I mean, that's that's really something. I think yeah. I also had to take on a similar mindset. It's funny that you said that. But when it when it comes to my TikToks, I just like have to tune out the fact that people I know from all different walks of life will be stumbling upon it and like forming their own opinions about who I am. Like, I, yeah. it, it, it's scary. You know, a lot of it, it's it's a vulnerable thing to put yourself out there and your voice out there and, and just subject yourself to that sort of that that opinion. Um, but I, I think it's definitely something that's important to get over. It's a, it's a hump that needs to be conquered because otherwise there's no. Yeah. Then you're just holding yourself back and then yeah. you're never going to do the you thing. Can't, yeah. So I think that's really important. But one thing that gets me, uh, I think that belief that like, oh, nobody's actually watching this is fun is really helpful. But when somebody in front of me is watching one of my TikToks, I, oh. I like, I can't. I, I literally, I'm like, <laughs> you need to turn that off right now. Like I can't accept the reality yeah. that some people are actually watching this. So how, how do you feel when people play your music in front of you? I, mean, <laughs> I hate it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's like mixed. Like obviously I'm very, they do it out of like love no and of so course, i'm like very course. appreciative yeah um and I, I mean actually i don't like hate it but like definitely i mean it's like hearing yourself on video like i'm not gonna watch this episode to be honest like i just can't like, <laughs> 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 or i'll okay. watch it when it comes out but like i have to like brace myself it's kind of like this meme like with my friends like they'll like i mean we'll be in the car we'll be like out or like with other people yeah. and be like oh like pl like play far as a song and it's like in front of like no, other people and i'm just kind of like head down i'm like oh who's that guy <laughs> from a good place obviously yeah at least for me it, it's just the reality in your face that like people are watching yeah yeah yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's weird to have it be right in front of you because there's almost this dynamic of like well there's an expectation to react a certain way or respond a certain for sure, way and for i hate sure. that dynamic. i hate that too yeah, yeah yeah and i'm like oh showing someone like a song and like i mean they don't have to be like bouncing off the walls it's the greatest song i've ever heard sure, like sure. you know the expectation thing is uh is definitely real man when people are listening or watching it in front of me, yeah, I feel like I'm almost listening to it through them, like through a third yeah. party, like yeah. oh, like as not the person who made it, like just as like yeah. another person, which I mean is like I mean helpful and like sure, kind sure. of like ugh. yeah. I would almost prefer to be a fly on the wall while mm. strangers are 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 kind of watching and absorbing it. It's it's not it doesn't solve for everything, That's but I think the yeah. biggest thing that I feel is like. I feel like this this person that I know they have to like it. Like it's yeah. almost like they have to like. Obviously, they have to support me. They can't not. Otherwise, you know, it makes them feel guilty. It, it's a guilt driven, like joy. Obviously, that's not why I like your music. But no matter how many times I tell you that, you're not gonna believe it, right? Because we're related, yeah. and, and that's fine. I, I get it. I also would never believe you if you said you watch my TikToks, which I know you don't, by the way. Uh, but um, damn. <laughs> I, know, yeah, I knew you were smart. No, it's fine. <laughs> At least your parents do. I the do. Good no, no, no I, I watch, watch I watch. Yeah, no, you don't. I take notes. Okay, okay. I'm out there, phone propped up, notebook in hand. No, no, I'm just I actually, kidding. I actually, no, no. Put you on the ring light. I just want to put that out there. What? Back uh, in 2020. Did, you actually owe please. me. You're into, I literally put you on the ring please. light. Yeah, I, I invented you, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true, actually. <laughs> I should just reconnect the royalties so i'll just just yeah, give me your yeah, banking you info just, yeah yeah yeah, I'll just yeah yeah that'd be really give good. it all there um, i want to talk a little bit more <laughs> about the dynamics that come with all of this yeah. so one thing that i struggle with and i know you know, i'm in the very early innings of this show like the first episode hasn't even dropped yet like i've just you know a week or two into filming one thing that's really difficult for me is is balancing that creative outlet with my full-time job oh, with yeah. friendships and that's one thing that's, that I'm really struggling with these days, to be honest, is constantly saying no to people. I'm always a yes man, yes woman. I'm always the one that's like, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Yes, absolutely. I'll be there to support you. 
But now I'm starting for the first time in my life having to say no because I just I just can't be there anymore. I, I can't yeah. be there for other people because I have to invest into this passion project. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, like, how have you been working on? Do, do you feel like you're under that same kind of trade off situation? And, and yeah. how do you navigate? I'm definitely under that. I that's actually probably one of my biggest like things I need to work on, honestly. Like you're really good about that. But like me, I mean like like I I was literally out all night. <laughs> and like I, I, I like so I need to be like better about I'm on I'm in different city. Yeah, yeah. But like I need to be better about those things. Like even at home, like there's always things going on. And I mean obviously like I do prioritize like I, it's a it's a balance, but yeah. there's moments where like I need to like be like, okay, no, like this is important to me. Yeah. I almost need to prove to my like self like this is important right like you need to like put your head down and do it if it is because to me I'm all about also like it's like those like if you just keep putting in the, like the discipline of it yeah like, if you hit something every day you won't see the results that week but in a few sure. months year whatever like it doesn't matter if you missed a hangout sure but you'll see the benefits of putting in that time and kind of just like saying no to like things you got to say no to sometimes I just feel so yeah. guilty, and I'm sure it gets better with time. I'm I mean, sure. the the FOMO is real. Like, yeah, I feel like if you're if you're like I'm kind of that person where like <laughs> I'm like, oh damn, like I don't want to miss out. Yeah, and miss hanging out and yeah, the memories, the memes, everything, you know, yeah. like. And so I'm I'm like always there. Honestly, I'm so bad about <laughs> it. I think but, it's yeah. good that, that you're able to bounce. I mean, but even even like last night, for example, like I wanted to go out with with you guys and, and yeah. see everyone. But I literally just had to listen to my body because I was so overworked by my my job and finance. And then also like knew that we were filming this morning. I knew that I hadn't actually brainstormed and sat down and thought through our episode. No. I was like, I just need some time. So I, I went home. But I had FOMO. I was like, oh, my God, I want to be out with you guys. There was like a nice view wherever you guys were of the city. And I was like, oh, my God, that place is on my list. And I had to say no. And it, it sucked. But um, I think it's it's moments like that that really I think in the long run count. I, I think it's important to kind of invest that time and balance but if the more yeses you can give the better but it, it never feels good saying no yeah and i don't think it'll ever ever feel yeah. good but, but. I, on the flip side another thing i've noticed is sometimes i'll say yes and be like damn i should have just stayed back and worked on this yeah like when i'm out i'm like damn like now i'm in like a lose-lose almost like yeah. it's like a no winning scenario sometimes like yeah it it does feel like that sometimes i feel like when i'm out and about now the, f the few times that i am able to do that these days um there is that sense of like i have this thing i need to get back to I have this thing i need to it's constantly yeah. running in my mind of like there's this thing that that matters a lot to me and yeah. it's really hard to articulate that i think to, to most people and i know they're really supportive and in kind but i think there's always that little bit of confusion like okay like sure but like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. People like it's hard to grasp. They're yeah. like, well, why can't you just like Yeah, like do it later. It's like, no, I have to do this now. I feel the hard part is like when you're still kind of in that pro like process of like trying to reach yeah. your goals, it's even harder because like, oh, like you're not all that. You don't need to be like like these yeah. ain't no excuses to be like missing these things, but it's like I'm trying to get to all that, you know. So for that I gotta be like yeah, put my head down. Like it's like if I was like you know, if like a big artist comes up to you, like you're not gonna tell them like they're like, oh, I can't, like I gotta do what a studio show, whatever. You're, you're not gonna question them. Yeah, exactly. But like, exactly. In the stage that we're in right now, like yeah. it gets questioned because it's like, oh, it's just a hobby. Like it's you can skip it. It's whatever. So. Yeah, and it's like, no, this is this is not a hobby. It's something that you actually can see having long term. You can feel it. You don't just see it. You feel it every day, and it drives you. No. Yeah. So I think it's really hard to to articulate that sometimes. On another note. I know the general reaction has been largely positive. You know, everybody's like really supportive. Do you think that 
people have started treating you differently, whether it's better <laughs> or worse. And how, how do you think it's changed the way that people in your life see you? Conversations have changed a lot. Like, yeah. when I see people after a long time, like, it's just about this now. Yeah. And, like, that just, like, comes with it. Like, I'm just, like, you kind of just make this decision and it's just, like, becomes your thing and your, like, brand. And it's, like, now, like, yeah. whenever you see people, like, they're going to ask you about it. Anytime you, like, run into people who know about this show, like, yeah. they're gonna be like, how's the show, this, that. Yeah. So it's, like, in terms of, like, being treated different, not really. I'm, like, 2% nicer. <laughs> they're trying to get, like, some help or some... <laughs> feature or something <laughs> one thing that i find really interesting about your path in music is you're living in austin and you're happy with that which is which is great by the way Austin's happy is a, a strong word but, no, just kidding. <laughs> but, you're, but i think a lot of artists as, as soon as they you know have the idea to start making music and get a little bit of track and they just they just pick up and go to la or new york city um and i'm just, I'm just curious you know about your decision to stay in austin um tell me a little yeah. bit more about that i feel like the first few years premature to c come out here i think like it would have been like in those first two three years like 2021 yeah. 2022 yeah. and like even 2023 like i don't think i was like really at a point where like i had like something like i mean i had something tangible but like i feel like now i have a lot more confidence i could come out here now and like and now like i know a lot of like people out here that i met through social media and like yeah. over the years of like doing this other artists other just people in the like creative space so yeah. and like I'm definitely <clears throat> not even just open to the idea, but like that's kind of the plan, honestly. Like yeah. I, I want to do that. I think I just kind of needed the last like a few years to like find my footing a little bit and just like yeah establish a good like base. And I think Austin was like really good for that, really perfect. And like the music scene there, I mean, obviously like not huge, but it was like just like it's just good enough to like yeah. get involved and meet people. And not feel like whatever, like small fish in a big, big pond or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like yeah. just drown out here, which a lot of people do. There's so. a lot of noise. And it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to compete. But I think Austin's good because you kind of have, you have the support of family too there, um, yeah. which is which is nice. I think New York City, it's it's great, obviously, but it can be isolating. You know, you're, you're far away from everybody that you love and you know. And it's it's a risk and it's a decision that you have to take to really invest in yourself. But it's it's not always rainbows and butterflies. I think it's good that you're starting off kind of close to home and then thinking about venturing out once you've established kind of that, that base. I really admire one thing that you said you talked about. It would have been premature. I, th I think it's really important to have that level of self-awareness and analysis when it comes to these big decisions because I think a lot of people just jump right in with, oh, with, yeah. without really thinking it through. Yeah, yeah. And it, it can it can bite them you know, later and, and become a regret actually, which, which is sad, but I think, I think it speaks to your thought process that you're able to kind of say, okay, this right now is premature, but one day I, I, I know I want to do it. I also have to win the people around me first. Yeah. Like my family, my friends, like I almost have to like convince, and even just like people in Austin, like I have to convince them yeah. that this is worth taking somewhere. Like, yeah, like you were saying, like people just decide to do something, pack their bags and go, which is like totally fine and like, People, a lot of people have like success with that but sure. just like for me i just think that would have been way too early and i think like i don't know you get kind of just lost in the sauce yeah. like you can if you if you kind of just like think about it like that so it's good in life to have kind of a concrete plan and understand what it is you're you're actually doing but another thing i want to talk to you about actually is your identity as a muslim south asian guy in <laughs> the rap space uh so t tell me a little bit more about that have there been any <laughs> struggles I, I i think with that i feel like there are not a ton 
of people yeah. like or like South Asian people kind of in this space. Sure. Um, there's obviously a lot more now. And honestly, now it's like flourishing, especially here in like New York. Like there's so many. Yeah, it's huge. Dope South Asian artists here. But I definitely find myself kind of we were talking about earlier, like having to prove myself. Like, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know, appearance, where I look like whatever. Like, I don't think I walk in and anybody's like, oh, I bet he's a dope rapper or artist or <laughs> walk in it's kind of like a base if anything it's probably a little bit negative like oh i honestly kind of like that because then i will do like a performance yeah. and then they're like oh wow you like because i mean expectations are like low right and honestly like keeping them low <laughs> keep the bar so low. that i just like surpass yeah. them by like a mile you know yeah so yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people can see it as like a like a hindrance but sure i think i honestly kind of like it because it also sets me apart I feel like in this space, being unique is everything. Yeah. And it helps me stand out. It helps me be unique. So I see it more of as like a advantage than like a crutch. Talked about this in the past. Like, you know, sometimes you show up to an open mic and you're the only South Asian. Yeah, you for know? sure. I mean, that's like, yeah, like, most times, if not every time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And, and but you do it every single time you do it and you, you earn their respect. And I think it's, it's a good kind of process to put yourself through over and over again. It's like getting the reps in, you know, because that's what exactly, you have to yeah. do as an artist. You have to prove yourself to a sea of strangers that don't frankly don't care about you and, and yeah, yeah. Have they care about. I feel like that used to be kind of like a like a white rapper thing, like white rappers like really had to prove themselves. But now there are so many famous white rappers. Yeah. So like now they're not even like. <laughs> A question or anything i mean they are for sure and they should be <laughs> <laughs> but like the ones that are good are fire yeah so like now i feel like we're kind of this new like emerging yeah brand of rappers coming in and it's just that's just how it goes like it's, it's totally normal i think yeah talking on the marketing front a little bit let's talk social media for a minute mm. so what has your relationship been with social media and i think one thing for me is you know i oh, i always try to focus on content and, and, and impact and, and connecting with people but I would be lying if I said there weren't times where the stats kind of eat away at you a little bit. And it, no. it can be – sometimes it's encouraging, sometimes it's discouraging. I, I think it's the extremities of emotion. The, the, the polarity of it is is so – it can be controlling sometimes to your mind. It's love-hate for sure. It can obviously be, like, really beneficial. And, I mean, nowadays social media is, like, the tool. That is, like, how you're doing it. Like, that's where the game is of anything, yeah. like, creative, really. The flip side of that, like, you put hours and hours and hours into something – yeah. And then like no payoff. Yeah. I feel like I've kind of just had to teach myself to just keep pushing through that like numbers. It's whatever. Obviously, like it's kind of like demoralizing. Sure. When you put so much work into something and then you feel like people aren't seeing it, you're just kind yeah. of like into a void. Yeah. I but uh like... I think you just have to keep just pushing through that. I'm still like working through that. Like I don't really care about like likes and stuff too much, but like I do use it as a metric of like, oh, are people do they even care enough to keep updated? Do they know yeah. what's going on? Are they like exactly. watching? Like it's definitely that's like the double edged sword of it. Yeah. Blessing and a curse, but ultimately we're lucky to be in a time where our reach sure. can be so broad. Yeah. But then with that comes a lot of noise, right? Then there's yeah. so many more people that you're competing against. So I don't know what the net is, net positive or net negative. I don't think we can say really, but I think it's 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 interesting and it's new. It's nice to see our generation kind of grapple with those changes. One yeah. other thing I wanted to touch on um, is. You know, in, in your songs, in your first song that came out, you talk about the Kylies, you talk about the Kendalls. Mm. Tell us a little bit about your love life. What's kind of been like your your philosophy with that? I mean, are you like are hanging I'm out with, with Kylie and Kendall every single day? I mean, I don't know this about you. Maybe there's a different side to you. I mean, I like love. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. 
life. Um, insightful. I'm a lover, certified lover boy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys know the videographer just groaned when she heard that. Uh, <laughs> Rightfully so. I did too a little bit, but it was just, it was right there. Like I had to take yeah. it. I definitely, I'm not like someone who's like, I'm going to be like single forever or anything. Like I definitely want to settle down, have kids, yeah. have a family, like all of that. hundred percent. Find the one. You Oops. go for it. Yeah. Would you write a song for your wife? <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. I feel like if I have uh, other songs about maybe uh, other exes or women, I might <laughs> not going to have one about my wife, you know? I <laughs> <laughs> would recommend you write a song for her. Yeah. It's not like this is a song about my wife. This is a song about this person. It's just like drawing inspiration. Like I may have a song and the song is not just called my wife and the lyrics are oh, i love my wife yeah but it's like a, a verse a chorus a few lines are drawn from like that inspiration of like or just like yeah. that significant other like and that's I mean, still the case now like yeah that's how you kind of go about it so like in that sense i will have songs about you know my wife like yeah. or, or, like she'll inspire songs just like what, naturally in the way that like friends parents siblings like inspire stuff so yeah exactly it's another <laughs> another character in my life that's another character oh god <laughs> I'll like, tell her like that a main one. one like a good a good character a main character like a character i choose yeah yeah, yeah, yeah character yeah, yeah. of choice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all right i'll, I'll <laughs> let her know I'll, I'll actually play this back at, at your wedding uh, hey i'm I'll... just i'm a character too in her like, i'm probably the side <laughs> <laughs> you should be the in side actually um, that's cool that's speaking of uh i know you actually performed at some of your friends' weddings um mm. and stuff are you gonna be performing at your own wedding mm. I can already see the aunties and uncles just like, <laughs> are you performing, are you performing, are you performing? <laughs> and like everybody. I mean, like it's a it's a fair question, really. Maybe <laughs> it's already so much other stress going on around yeah. wedding planning. Like with my friends' weddings, yeah, it's nice because I'm not wedding planning, so I just have to worry about yeah. a rapper, a dancer, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like for my friend, but like for myself, maybe that's where that wife song comes out. I don't know. Honestly, probably yeah. Just the short answer. <laughs> yeah. On the topic of love, I know a lot of your music is inspired by kind of your life experiences and 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 your emotions and, and thoughts and observations. What have been your key learnings from love thus far in your life? What have you learned about yourself? Learned about the world? Damn. <laughs> I have learned. I'm a certified lover boy. I'm not sure. I yeah. literally. Yeah. Any relationship, you find yourself a bit more and like. You learn something about yourself, both positive and negative. Right. So, like, I kind of, I see sides of myself that I've not seen before because you don't have this sort of relationship with anybody else. It's a very, totally. like, unique, totally. like, thing, like, special connection with this, like, one person. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah, you learn, like, the good, the bad, the ugly. Like, oh, maybe I am, I'm really, obviously, like, I try to be good and caring, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, I have these other things I need to work on. Yeah, like, we all do. Better be more like open listening to be maybe not be so stubborn like i mean these are like things that like you never really or i never really thought about <laughs> and then when you kind of have someone that you're always like just like bouncing off of you kind of just these things come out more and yeah. you're like oh i didn't even know this was in me <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> for better for worse that's come out of you for sure it's it, it's really surprising i think i think love is one of those things that brings out people's a different part of people's brains and I, yeah. I think you learn a lot about yourself you learn you look at the world through a different lens i think after that because you know it, it's where your the, the fundamentals of your upbringing come out I, I think it's where your anxieties your insecurities your fears yeah. can come out but your strengths too so i think it's, it's a beautiful thing that should be celebrated and i love that you in a very tasteful way kind of touch on that throughout your music without making that the focal point 
And I, sure. I, I think that's good. I, you know, I think a lot of times when you know, every single song from somebody's about love, it's like, okay, like, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful emotion and it, it's empowering and I get it, but there needs to, sometimes it feels like there needs to be more substance. And I, I love that your music has that. I think your music has huge potential, which leads me to my next question. Mm. What are your plans for the future? And, and, and you know, may, maybe take a step back. What would be your, I made it milestone? Like what would be your definition of success? And then what are the steps that you're taking in the near term and the long term to, to kind of make it there? I have my like cliche answers, but then I have just like my very practical answers. Like I would love to just be able to do this full time. Yeah. <laughs> like just have this be like my main focus, my only focus. Yeah. I put like my, I mean, I already feels that way, but like just put my 110% into this and nothing else is pulling me in any other direction. I don't have yeah. to worry about this and the third and I can just like go all in. Yeah. That would be a huge kind of success metric. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, in terms of steps, to me, like, I'm usually not a very patient person, but with this, I'm super, like, long game in mind. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is all about the long game, like, five years, ten years. Honestly, like, I want to be, like, I want to be, like, in my 30s and be, like, I'm so glad I did that when I was in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I started this, which I feel like is how every person who's made it would feel like all these rappers, like, you see those videos of, like, <laughs> like Jack Harlow rapping when he's like 12. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure he's so grateful that he took it upon himself to like take that initiative and like get something going. And now he's thanking himself for it. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's the idea, I guess. I know you alluded to this a little bit um, when we're talking a bit about rapping out of Austin. Um, but do you have any plans to move in the next couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. New York's lit. Yeah. You're <laughs> just going to come over and copy me. Hopefully they'll be out of here by then, but yeah, no, I don't know about that. I'm just like New York, LA are like, the big hubs yeah and i'm already like so i'm already like very quite back and forth between all these places yeah um and that will continue for sure no matter where i live but um yeah no definitely plans to move i mean i don't have like a great timeline or even location but like i mean one of these two cities would be my yeah. guess and yeah within the next year or two maybe Okay, so there's a 50 Maybe chance sooner, uh, yeah, you'll be nearby. That's Dante. <laughs> New York's pretty big. <laughs> stay, stay far away from here. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, probably a good and idea. And that's where I need to be. That's, don't go knocking on your door if you're living um, too far away. So <laughs> Perfect. That's the, the Bold of you to assume you'll have the address. <laughs> <laughs> I have you on Fine Friends. <laughs> Final words, any key messages that you'd want to mm. share with the world? You got one sentence. What's it going to be? My big thing is I like having no like regrets. For me personally, the worst thing in the world is the idea that one day I'm going to be a lot older and just have regret and be like, I yeah. should have done those things. I should have tried. Like, I should have at least pursued, like, and given it my all. Like, what am I going to look back and be like, damn, I did it. And now, like, it's too late or yeah. it just can't do it the same way. Like, life gets busy. So I think, I mean, that's just, like, my main thing for anything, really. Like, just do what you want to do to the point where you won't have any regrets and you can at least say that you you gave it your all, whether it worked out or not. Yeah, life as this journey, right? And I, I think that if you lived your life in fear of failure, you would have never lived it at all. And you know, it, it's a little bit of a cliche, but but the reality is, is you you don't lose anything by giving something a try. I think failure is actually a beautiful thing, and it should be celebrated yeah. because it means that you gave it your all. The worst thing, exactly what you said, would be to look back later and think to yourself, "How would my life be right now if I had tried when I when I had that spark in me." Um, yeah. So I think that's a beautiful message to just take advantage of that drive and, and that ambition and verve while, while it's consuming you, consuming your thoughts and just turn it into reality. I love that.
Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, actually surprised we kept that mostly serious. That was uh, much better than I thought it would go, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. I told you I, I keep the bar low. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, we're happy when it's not it's bad. A, it's a good method. Um, but th thanks for opening up. I know it's like weird to open up with family sometimes. So <laughs> thanks for doing that on in front of a camera um, yeah. on a mic. So yeah. I appreciate it. And that is all for today. I'm your host, Sandalina Zatar, signing off. Cool. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. My God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.